1: I'm going to welcome once again to the Packernet podcast I'm your host and resident panelist as always Ryan Schlip. check us out online Packernet.com find me on Twitter pack underscore daddy well I don't think anybody else got arrested I'm not entirely sure but as far as I can tell granted the last time I recorded a uh, podcast was a little, uh, little uh, less than, than twelve hours. hours ago but I think we're in the clear also as details are coming out it doesn't sound maybe as bad. I don't know. I don't think I said it on the podcast, but I was talking to the video that I recorded that really trying to talk myself out of posting on the uh, Facebook page. But um, anyways, I was reading up on um, domestic violence, and apparently it is possible to be charged with domestic violence when there was, in fact, no violence. Because when there was later reported that uh, nobody got hurt, I'm talking about, uh, what's his name now? Uh, Richard Sherman. Uh, the police said that nobody was hurt, and I said, well, how was there violence and nobody was hurt? Like, did he swing and miss, or what happened? And so I looked up what the definition, I guess, of domestic violence is, and it's something to the effect of either being violent or threatening violence, which I think is quite stupid, because there's a pretty big divide between punching somebody in the mouth and saying, I'm going to punch you in the mouth. For example... If somebody said, which would you prefer, me to say I'm going to punch you in the mouth or me punching you in the mouth, it's probably going to be saying it rather than doing it every time. I'm not saying it's okay. I'm saying let's call it something else, because if I'm going to go to a job and they say, do you have any prior charges? And I say, yes, uh, domestic violence charge. But don't worry, I didn't hurt anybody. They're going to say, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, no thanks, bud. Because the word violence is in it. So... I don't know, maybe I'm weird. I I just feel like if you're going to charge me with violence, there should have been violence of of some sort, but whatever. I don't know. There's a lot. It sounds like he did something else prior to... I'm still waiting for the part where he gets charged with some kind of drunkenness because there's a lot of things that seem to sound like a guy that was drunk, like driving and crashing and then speeding away and then you know getting into a dispute at, at your wife or ex or girlfriend's parents' house or something. You know, it's just, it's a whole thing. Especially at, what was it, like two in the morning? I think the police care, he was charged at like six, but I think the crash happened at like one or two. Sounds like he was in a drunken rage. But I haven't seen anything about that. That's just me saying words. Shouldn't speculate on things like that, but guess what? It's my podcast, I do whatever I want. But but it is, like I said yesterday, It it, it is, upset. I was upstairs. One of my favorite things to do, uh, it's one of the few things that me and my kids watch That we both like, you know, because I'm not super into like Paw Patrol and stuff. But we both like these guys on YouTube that like go on vacation and make a bunch of money just recording their vacations because that's like the dream job right there. But um, this one guy went to a Disney resort in Hawaii. And it's like, dude, if I had a boatload of money, you know how amazing that would be to like take my family there? And I just, all I could think about or at least half the time, majority of time was thinking about me being there. But a good portion of the time was thinking, dude, Richard Sherman could be there. You know what I mean? Like, as much as I, I look at Aaron Rodgers and I'm like, you know, you're being a baby. At least he's living it up. He's he's being dumb in a different kind of way. And I don't even know that he's being dumb. But I just, I don't like the whining and complaining over silly stuff. But at the same time, he's doing exactly what I'm talking about. He's, he's basically looking at it and saying, dude, I, I have as much money as anybody on planet earth can have, at least uh, he's, he's past that point where when you make more money, it, it means something. (laughs) You can give him another hundred million and nothing really changes in his life. And he's basically just doing whatever he wants. And he's, he's just having fun. He's with people that he likes doing things that he likes to do. He spent a huge amount of time in Hawaii. He's out golfing. He's at the beach. He's with his friends. He's with his fiance. He's doing it right. Again, not super big fan of the way he's handling the Packers thing, but I think he's coming back. But either way, and I've said this since day one, as much as I don't really agree with what he's saying, I would be doing the exact same thing. In fact, I I wouldn't be doing the same thing. He's actually training for football. I would never play football again. Be like, yeah, I'm done. I'm not getting punched in the face by Khalil Mack ever again. So yeah, as as a Packer fan, I look at Rodgers complaining about, you know, they got rid of Kumaro and whatever. And it's like, dude, shut up. But just as a human being, I look at Rogers and I'm like, you just just go for it, dude. That's awesome. You know, like get another house in California. I don't care what you do. Just continue being, you know, part owner of the Bucs. That's freaking awesome. I wouldn't do it because I don't care about basketball. But you know how awesome that is? On top of that, he's he's giving some money away, charitable donations. I know he spent time at hospitals and things. He's given money for... Um, relief as far as small businesses with COVID. I know he's uh, did something for the fires that were going on in California. When you look big picture at things like Richard Sherman and then reevaluate the Aaron Rodgers thing, it's like nah, it's fine. I hope he comes back. And if he leaves over something stupid like they hurt my feelings, it's annoying. But at least he's a good dude. Seemingly, I don't know. Maybe he's a jerk. I'm just, I'm just saying. I don't know what I'm talking about. I need to speed this up because. I got a late start. Usually I like to be done at 8. It's 8:20 and I'm just getting started, so not going to get a lot of sleep tonight. Also, I was just slamming coffee upstairs cuz I was super tired and didn't realize how late it was. By the way, puppy update. We went and go went to look um, actually went down to Woodstock, Illinois to look at the dogs. Mom used to live there. Anyways, um very cute. Never actually done that before. When I was a kid, we would just go to like a pet store and be like, "That one," and then we'd buy it and go home. But this is a different process. The dogs aren't even ready to be taken, but we're just going to, I don't know, like doing it the right way is much more complex, like finding out which dog has the right personality for your family type. And I don't know. I just thought it was cool hanging out with puppies and stuff, but I got to hang out with them and got to see the, uh, obviously the grownups, the parents and how they act and all that kind of stuff. It's pretty, it's pretty cool. I'm pretty excited. I'm, I'm actually very excited. It was one of those things where it's like, man... I got four kids. One of them's a baby. I don't need another baby. I don't need another thing to take care of, you know, cleaning up another mess. Like, I'm just, I'm kind of, I'm kind of burned out on it, man. I mean, I've, I've been, I have been dealing with diapers for about seven years now because my son is turning seven and it's been nonstop. There's been someone basically sleeping in our room, diapers, crying. It's, that's a lot. That's a haul, man. That's seven years is a while, and now we got a dog, and that's going to be another fifteen years of you know picking up a things poop, and uh, that's 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 not great. But you go hang out with dogs, and you realize how much you love dogs, and it's like it's going to be cool. Plus, I'm planning on I haven't really talked to anybody about this, but I want to put a TV up in my office here, live stream some games and some stuff from from in the office. Maybe you have the kid in here, have the dog laying down in the office. I'm kind of digging it, man. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm liking the idea, but it went very well. Very excited. Thank you to everybody that reached out with the tips and tricks and advice for the dog. I had several people reach out about that, so I'll be sure to keep you updated. Maybe what I should do is post some pictures of the dogs in the Facebook group, because got more people reaching out and, uh, talking to me about that than, <laughs> than football related things, which is why I felt the need to, uh, give you the update. Anyways, thank you very much to Jeremy Rutz, by the way. I just checked it now, um. I saw that you asked on Facebook about it, and nobody gave the 5 $6, whatever that I was begging for, so he decided to take it upon himself. Jeremy, I thank you very, very much for your second donation. Um, Jeremy has popped up twice now to help me reach that small goal of uh, getting over that $900 mark, so making some serious progress. And overall, again, Malcolm Reed's planning $20,000 and is currently at nineteen thousand two hundred forty-six bucks, so he's definitely going to be able to reach his goal. Um, Luke, who is in fifth place, went from eleven hundred to twelve hundred, so he obviously sees me come and got scared and found another hundred dollars to throw down. Um, I need to leapfrog Luke in order to take my family down to Memphis in November. So I'm kind of, kind of hoping we can get in the top five here. I, of course, there's exactly five people that are super into this, and I'm number six. Why couldn't it be like four people that are super into it and I'm number five and I just waltz into it? (sighs) I don't know. Anyways, what else is going on in the world? I guess we'll finish up where we left off yesterday. Uh, Like I said, we were just kind of at the end of time, so I decided to cut it off. Um, Continuing on with what seems to be some positive press, and I actually just had somebody send me even more, but um, Aaron Jones also was getting a bit of love um in a couple different places first of all on ESPN once again this is uh Jeremy Fowler doing his thing where NFL executives look at the top 10 or executives coaches players whatever um number one Derek Henry obviously Alvin Kamara two. I think that's too high but it is what it is Dalvin Cook three probably should be number two uh Nick Chubb Christian McCaffrey Saquon Barkley all freaks Ezekiel Elliott man whatever Aaron Jones number eight now again you can squabble over where it is but um I think that's that's pretty exciting. Again, you've got some love from people around the league. Because I do think there's some questions about Aaron Jones. You have um, some people maybe questioning how much of it is scheme or wh- whatever the case may be, because he doesn't necessarily fit the part. And that's one of the things the Packers do well and maybe is why they don't get as much love is, you know, when you're, for example, Ezekiel Elliott, and you get hype basically out of high school, right? Alvin Kamara... Um, Derek Henry, even although he was a second round pick, I mean, a lot of these guys, there's just something about them that, um, people freak out about whether, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be a first round pick, second round pick, whatever, but there's just something. And Aaron Jones came out of nowhere. In other words, the Packers just did a very good job of evaluating and selecting a player. And, um, so people just have a hard time wrapping their head around it. Similar to Tunyon, to I guess, where they're good. He's going to have to really prove it. And, and I guess, I can't really complain about that because I'm saying the same thing, but the reason why it's so easy for people to put, for example, Ezekiel Elliott one spot ahead of him, even though he has not been as productive, even though he has, he's sort of underproduced based on where he should have been consider all things considered, you know, you look at the offensive line he's been running behind and all that other stuff, um, you know, probably hasn't been as Impressive as you would expect, but it's Ezekiel Elliott, right? He's been hyped up since day one. He's got all the measurables. And like I say about a lot of linebackers, there are some guys you see certain plays and you say, only that guy can do that, or only a handful of people can do what he can do. Ezekiel Elliott fits that role. Aaron Jones does not. There's really nothing Aaron Jones does, physically speaking, that somebody else can't do. He just does a good job of being a football player. And I think even I. Have a hard. T- I I accept it and I acknowledge it, which some people just can't even do that. But I even have a hard time. I remember even watching him out of the gate, seeing him do things, and being like, I don't even know. He doesn't even look like he's doing anything that special. It's just everything he does works. He's just extremely decisive. He grabs the ball, he just goes, and it's like, why can't everyone do that? I don't I don't understand. You know, certain people you watch, and it's like you 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 know, Le'Veon Bell and. Obviously, you go back in time. You look at guys like Barry Sanders, right? Them just being so improvisational. You got some guys with blazing speed. You got Derrick Henry, that's a flipping bulldozer. Aaron Jones is like, I, I don't know, man. He look, he just makes it look easy. I don't know what he does that so. But you look at the production, and you can see why he is what he is. So, I, I, I again, I think that's part of what it is, and it's also part of why the Packers get slammed because well, you haven't taken anybody in the first round. You haven't taken. Because we don't have to, because we're, we're nailing running backs in the fifth round. Of course, we do draft A.J. Dillon in the second round, and even that gets trashed. So I don't know, they can't make up their mind. But again, Green Bay Packers get in love. But that wasn't all. PFF, uh, PFF Jared, Jared Evans, said, um, where is this? Uh, Aaron Jones will be a top five running back in 2021. I, listen, I think that's kind of bold because it's coming out of nowhere, I could see saying David Montgomery, right? Because while he's impressive and he hasn't really broken out yet, and with Justin Fields coming in and giving him another year and the coach committing to giving him more carries, I think with things like that, you can see it. Aaron Jones, why? You're giving A.J. Dillon a featured role as the number two guy. It's not like there's going to be an improvement at quarterback or an improvement anywhere or that you expect Aaron Jones to take a step because he's been playing at the top of his game for a while. So... I, I just love that he's getting love based on because he's just a freak. You know, there, there's so many, I guess what I'm saying is there's so many sort of lazy commentators out there that take the low-hanging fruit. This is this is not something where you're just going to, this is not a popular take. This is not the kind of thing where people are going to be calling you up and be like, that's, that's brilliant analysis. Because nobody's going to jump on this bandwagon. It's just random love for a guy that's overdue for just a ton of praise. And I love it because, again, big part of the reason I'm doing a lot of this is because it's just been so, for year for the last several years, it's been so much negative press for the Packers. And like I said, the last couple of weeks, there's been a lot of positive and I'm, I'm just kind of digging it. I had somebody reach out just on Twitter today. Like, I think we're overdue for a positive podcast. Dude, the last like three or four days have been nothing but positive news. I don't know what, maybe he hasn't, maybe he's not up to date. I don't know. But uh, anyways, I want to transition a little bit over to the Aaron Rodgers saga. Um, I am a couple days behind, but again, you know, I'm working my way through it. Did have some commentary from Peyton Manning. I thought this was kind of nice as well. A lot of people like to interject their own opinions, and especially with players, they are very um, on the side of the players, right? I, I want Rodgers to go to a better location, or some kind of a comment like that, where it's like, dude, I will just smack you. But uh, that wasn't Peyton's take. So I want to play what he said real quick, and, uh, you know, we'll talk about it. Obviously, I hope he plays somewhere
0: this year. The fact that Aaron Rodgers might not yeah. play this year is I, I can't fathom it. He's
1: too good of a player, yes. too fun to watch for the fans. I, I personally hope it's in Green Bay because mm-hmm. that's, that's what I see him mm-hmm. as. I hope they can kind of make amends and work, work out. That team is so close. Uh, if he were to leave there, it'd be a, a major change, obviously, for them. So um, my gut is he's not coming to Denver. My gut is Denver's going to you know, have Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater be their quarterback. And at, at this point, you kind of kind of know mm-hmm. what your plan is. We can't be having a new quarterback three weeks before the season. So again, it, it's just it's, everything is pointing in, in that same direction. Not that he says definitively, he says, I hope he plays somewhere. But in his gut, he, what did he say? He's not going to Denver. He's quite confident of that. And he said he thinks he's, I think he said he thinks, he, I don't remember. No, he said he'd like to see him in Green Bay. He got a little bit close to saying that if he doesn't come back and Jordan Love takes over, it's going to be a disaster. But he didn't say that. He said it's going to be a change, and that's obviously correct. And it's going to be a change for the worse. And I don't think anyone necessarily disagrees with that. But he even went on to say, look, they're so close. But but that's the thing. Everything he's saying makes a lot of sense. First of all, so close. And that's, that's not just for the Packers. That's for Rodgers. You know Rodgers wants to get another ring. Where is he going to get that? But beyond that, he also has to know that, um, like he said, there's a lot of teams looking at it like we we got to move forward. Not that they would say no to Aaron Rodgers, but they're probably not banging down the door anymore. They're working real hard with the guys that they have and the game plan that they have with the guys currently in the building on how do I take this group and get the most out of them. Our number one priority clearly cannot be Um, going after Aaron Rodgers, especially when the Packers aren't even answering their phone calls anymore. In other words, teams have moved on because they have to. Now, if the Packers change their mind, then everyone will kind of turn around and be like, all right, how are we going to make this work? But they won't. So Rodgers already knows that's not an option anymore. So it's come back or sit out. That's it. And again, I I just, I I can't help but think that it's leaning very heavily toward he's coming back. But then after that, we had what a, a lot of people are really mad about this. There was an interaction between um, Adam Schefter and um, Chris Collinsworth. And I, I just thought it was kind of funny because I don't know why. I don't know. I think people just got a different impression than I got. But it sounds like Schefter, they're doing a role play, right? Where Schefter is Aaron Rodgers and Chris Collinsworth is Brian Gutekunst. And Schefter's trying to make it seem like he's in, in control. And he's trying to prove a point that Aaron Rodgers has all the control and he's going to dictate this thing. And Collinsworth's like, no, that's, that's not how that works. And Schefter gets so... I just thought it was funny because Schefter's so mad because he's, you know, he's trying to sound smart and Collinsworth's making him look like an idiot. And obviously he's not the kind of person who... I mean, he's he's seen as this massive authority and everything he says is golden. And Collinsworth's just like, no, no that sounds stupid to me. I don't know. So you can, just, you can hear how angry he's getting. So I, that, that part I just thought was funny. But uh, people took it as like Schefter's so determined to, to make Rodgers leave. I don't think that's what's happening. I think he's just playing out a scenario in which Rodgers is in total control and Collinsworth's telling him he's an idiot and that's not how this is going to play out. And he got mad about it. But let me play it. It's a minute 42 seconds. I'll play it in its entirety and then, you know, whatever.
0: I think Aaron Rodgers has been passive aggressive about this whole thing. If he wants out of there, which I think he does, I think he's got to get some mud on his hands. And I think he's got to come out and say something to this effect. I love my coaches. I love my teammates. They're incredibly important. I love the fans. And I loved playing in Green Bay. But that time for me is over. I'm moving on in my life. Uh, I'm getting married. And I am not going to be returning to Green Bay as much as that organization and those people have meant to me. Okay, and then here's my press conference, if I'm Mark Mur- Murphy or Brian Gutekunst. Aaron Rodgers has been a fantastic player for us. He's won us a Super Bowl. We love him here in Green mm-hmm. Bay. We will always love him, and we wish him well in his retirement. Goodbye. Now, okay. Now and Aaron Rodgers comes out and says, okay, that's you for trade me. I want to be traded. Uh, no. We're not trading okay. You're playing for the Green Bay Packers. You're playing for nobody. You're under contract. No problem, Mr. Murphy. I'm, I'm going to go host Jeopardy. Thank you for squatting on me and not getting back three first-round draft picks and, and various players to help your own team. We signed you to a long-term contract. You knew what you were signing. We knew what you were signing. We want you to play here. We don't want to play against you. If you choose to retire, that's your choice. Because you want to show me who's boss. You're not going to improve the Green Bay Packers because... You want to wish me luck in retirement. Okay, good luck with that, Mr. Murphy, as your team is flailing behind Jordan Love playing quarterback.
1: So it's it's funny because it, it, it's actually kind of painfully obvious that that's exactly what happened in this scenario. Again, Schefter's coming out and he's like, look, here's how it goes. This is what's going to happen. And here's how I get Aaron Rodgers what he wants. He's got total control of this. And Collinsworth just comes out and says, no, that's not what what's happening. The really funny thing is, I have a feeling this is exactly how it played out. I think Rogers walked into this thinking I got all the power, right? He's coming in with swag. He's like, "Dude, you don't, you don't do what I want. I'll retire." And they're like, "Well, that sucks, but uh, you got to do what you got to do." And he's like, "What do you fine? Trade me, trade me, trade me." Then, no, we're not going to trade you either. You you can play here if you don't trade me, you're going to lose all this value. Then what, you're stuck with Jordan Love, and you got nothing, and he's, you know, all this stuff, and they're like, yeah, you know, look, we signed you to a contract, you have a contract, you agreed to the contract, you are welcome to play with the Green Bay Packers, we're not trading you. And so again, everybody's talking about how how dumb Gutekunst is and how dumb Murphy is. I think Aaron Rodgers came out guns blazing, does have a lot of pull, does have a lot of power, does have a very fantastic point. I mean, to, to prove that, I was saying, you better trade him because if he retires, that's going to suck. We're going to lose a lot of value. I panicked. They didn't panic. They called his bluff. They said, no, you won't. And eh, It's fine. You want to retire? Go ahead and retire. I don't care. You're going to lose all that value. Yeah, that sucks. But what are you going to do? You think we're going to lose value? Look how many millions you're going to lose. I mean, at least we get the money back. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll hire free agents, I guess, with all that extra money. I don't, but that's our, our job to figure out. You know, Bottom line is, it didn't work. And so I think Rodgers was probably, like uh, Schefter here, very mad that his brilliant plan didn't pan out the way he thought. And just like Schefter was probably storming off, yelling you know, mad that Collinsworth made him look dumb, I think Aaron Rodgers probably did the same thing. But again, he's been out in Hawaii. He's cooling off. He realizes the situation. The Packers are dug in. They're not moving. um, They're not trading him. He will not be playing for another team. And he has to decide between giving up all that money And it's not just this year. I mean, if he sits out, they might they might squat on him for meaning he 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 won't be playing for anybody else, and he won't be making any more money outside of whatever he's oh I don't know how that all works out. I don't really care to figure it out either. And so again, I I just I think he did his best. He tried to get a little something, and maybe maybe you know again I'm sure the Packers will throw him a little something so that he can it's a little easier for him to come back. You know, make it look like he won. That's a negotiation tactic. Let them think they got what they want make Rodgers look like he won and, and got over on the Packers. Oh, we got him. But it's, it's, the Packers made it very simple and straightforward. You can retire or you can come back and play for us. That's up to you, and we will uh, act accordingly. We are not trading away the league MVP simply because you're throwing a temper tantrum. And again, as I said before, um, it sets a terrible precedent. It sets a terrible precedent around the league. I, I would... I was even saying a long time ago when this whole thing started, I would be willing to bet that there's pressure from the league to not allow this, um, from other teams, from, from you know, maybe Goodell. Because if you set a precedent where the top players in the NFL only have to walk into your office and say, I want out, and you get traded, that's not a good precedent. That sucks. You're going to have everybody stepping in and saying, I'm you know, I want out, and then getting traded. A- again, Devontae, all he's got to do is say, I'm not playing, trade me. Oh, shoot. Here we go again. I guess we got to trade him. No. The only way you win this war is if you dig your heels and say, absolutely not. Absolutely not. You signed a contract. We own the rights to that contract, and we're not giving it to anybody. You will play here, or you can go home and make no money. That's your only play. And the Packers are playing it right as much as it makes me nervous that he'll just say, fine, I'm going to retire, and we get nothing out of it. But it's the only right thing to do. Got the Bucks game going on. I should probably turn that on Thirty-three, thirty-three right now. All right. Anyways, this is a good place to take a little break, so why don't we go ahead and do that right quick. Again, please remember to check out the Palmer Home for Children. You can find the link to that at uh, my uh, pack underscore daddy on Twitter or the Packernet Podcast Facebook group. I'll have links posted to the top of both of those. Um, I've also mentioned that if you want to just send it to me via Venmo, tell me that it's for the Palmer Home, and then you know I'll send it off but I've never told anybody what my Venmo is. It is in the the description of the podcast. You can find it there, but I don't even think I've been pasting that, so I guess it probably hasn't been recently. It's just Ryan-Schlipp, S-C-H-L-I-P-P. Otherwise, if you want to support this podcast directly, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. We'll take a break and we'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride-or-die alive at eBayMotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Got one more bit of good news here. Um, This one was just sent to me very, very recently. This is via 247sports.com via Nick Costco. Shout out to probably not Goot at off the clock on Twitter. But I had mentioned a while ago how um, Jordan Love and uh, who is it? Deshaun Watson and Justin Fields were all working out together because they have the same agent. So he must have coordinated some kind of a little workout or whatever and I mentioned I thought that that was great some people seemed upset about it for some reason you know that he's working out with the enemy or however that pans out but again I thought it was great any kind of a leg up that you can get from uh from working out with these different guys you know Deshaun Watson who's been around for a while obviously Justin Fields is a talented guy anything you can pick up is going to be beneficial right The, the biggest thing with Jordan Love to begin with was that he's kind of a little bit raw and is going to need some time to develop, and that's why working behind Aaron Rodgers is going to be super beneficial. But if it's not Aaron Rodgers, whoever, who cares? But uh, right off the bat, this article seems promising. Let me just start reading through it here. And again, it's Fowler doing the report. I swear this, this Fowler guy is just doing serious work right now. He must just be like, it's the dead period, nobody else is working. I'm going to work real hard so everybody knows my name after this month. But anyways, it starts off, while Aaron Rodgers remains in limbo, Jordan Love is doing whatever he can to prepare as the Green Bay Packers' starting quarterback should it come to that. There were mixed reviews of Love throughout this offseason in workouts, OTAs, and minicamp, but it appears he turned the corner. According to a report from ESPN's Jeremy Fowler, Love looks pretty darn good, and now it's no joke. Quote, and this is the inside scoop of Love's workout edition of Get Up, I don't know, whatever. Quote, Jordan Love just worked out in Texas with Deshaun Watson and Justin Fields. They all share the same agent. I spoke to a coach who was involved in that workout. He said Love looks exceptionally good, and that's not hyperbole. This coach works with a lot of quarterbacks around the league, and he said the energy out of the ball when Love throws it, it's tangible. He's just got an elite arm, and so he could surprise some people if he does get in games this year, especially with enough arm strength to pierce through that Green Bay cold. Uh, the article goes on to say that report backs up comments made by Packers head coach Matt LaFleur in May, where he said the ball was, quote, jumping out, unquote, of Love's hands. So, I mean, listen, I think a lot of the negative critiques about Love are unwarranted. And that doesn't mean you can't be pessimistic. Of course you can. You should be. The odds of Jordan Love being the next Aaron Rodgers or even anything kind of remotely close to that are low. I mean, it's less than 50%, so you should probably, if you had to put money down on something, uh, if we're talking even money, it's that Jordan Love probably won't be super great. But I think, again, a lot of the critiques are silly because we've seen nothing. You know, the the biggest negative about Jordan Love since he's come into the pros were videos of him working out with Aaron Rodgers and, uh, what the heck is his name? I don't know why I can never remember his name probably because I can't remember anybody's name. So it's not really meant to be a slight. I just, I'm just an idiot, I guess. I don't know. Tim Boyle. So you got the three of them, right? And so what you saw was Tim Boyle and Aaron Rodgers were in perfect unison. Why? Because Aaron Rodgers and Tim Boyle have been in this offense for a very long time. And so the exact footwork of how this offense works is just burned into their brains. So their exact drop, the whole process from taking a snap to how your footwork looks as you drop back to then throwing the ball, you would have thought Aaron Rodgers and Tim Boyle were clones. Now, when you see Jordan Love not exactly looking like that, he sticks out like a sore thumb. So people look at that and they say his footwork is terrible. This guy is terrible. That's been his biggest critique, right? Uh, This year, I would say probably even bigger critiques, even though it's been a lot of positive this year and people are less concerned about it than they were about the stupid footwork thing. But he missed a couple throws here and there. Now, again... Ridiculous considering if you look at Aaron Rodgers in training camp, he throws more interceptions in training camp than he will in the entire season. But regardless of that, as as time went on, you know, I remember his his quarterback coach talking about what is his greatest asset, and it was footwork. So that's not a problem. The guy just didn't know. I mean, it's like learning a, a square dance, and you've never square danced, and you go to a square dance club where everybody's been square dancing since they were five years old. Yeah, I'm I'm guessing the person who's there for the first time probably isn't going to look as natural. Not a big deal though. And so again, there's a difference between being realistic about Jordan Love and saying, look, we don't know anything and there's no reason to assume he's going to come in and just tear up the league. That's fair. But saying he's going to be trash is also not fair. It's equally as stupid as saying he's going to be great. And the Bucs are losing again. Dang it. 45, 47. I mean, it's close, but come on. Come on now. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. I think they're in Milwaukee too. I'm giving you updates like you don't already know who won by the time you're listening to this. By the way, I'm looking for a comment in the Facebook group. I see Kyle's given input as well. He says, German Shepherd and Blue Healer are the only dogs you should want. Um, German Shepherd's are my favorite dog. I grew up with a Blue Healer. His name or her name was Bear. Greatest dog I've ever had in my entire life. So Kyle, I'm 100,000% with you. Um, my wife will never allow me to get a German Shepherd. And the Healer, I don't know. I don't know. My daughter basically just picked out the dog and I'm like, all right, that's fine. So I'm with you, but I'm kind of just deferring because I don't, I just, I just want a dog. I just don't want a tiny rat thing that's pretending to be a dog. Anyways, now trying to find this comment. So most of the comments, uh, this is via Zach in the Facebook group, seem to be in support of this statement, but this is kind of what I'm talking about. This is via NFL.com ranking the eight, whatever. It's just a quote. It says, I pondered removing Rodgers from the exercise because I'm not planning on seeing him in play for the Packers again, but ultimately decided to leave him in for now. If Love has to take the field, the Packers instantly have the number 32 starting quarterback in football. That's what I'm talking about. I don't mind saying I'm skeptical. I don't mind even saying he's probably not going to be great. Um, He's going to need some time. But being so deaf, who wrote this? I want to click on the article. He provided that here. Adam Shine." Adam also seems to be quite confident Aaron Rodgers won't be coming back. I don't know. He's the only one that's heard these recent comments and has come to the conclusion he won't be coming back. He says here, um, I think the disdain for the organization is beyond real and beyond repair. No show at OTAs. Rodgers also skipped minicamp for the first time in his career. His public comments in recent weeks give you no reason to believe he'll be back in Green Bay. Um, I mean... The, <laughs> This reminds me of another Twitter spat where somebody was basically saying, "If you don't spell it out exactly, then it's not real, right?" There's there's no problem in, with Aaron Rodgers and all this stuff going on. It's all made up by the media, and it's like they provided a bunch of context. Like, what about this? 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 Well, he never specifically said. Well, <laughs> well, of course he didn't. Why would he? But whatever. But again, this is the problem I have. You're, you're telling me you know that he's going to be the number. Th- I mean, this and it's this whole thing that he's writing here is nonsense. Just the way he's writing it, everything is so definitive. I mean, it's very, like, Skip Bayless-esque. It's not, like, reporting. It's not even legitimate analysis. Everything is best or worst ever. That's that. That's how Stephen A. Smith talks about things. That's how these shock jocks talk. I think this person is the greatest in history, and I think if Jordan Love takes over, this they'll be the worst in history, right? That's Stephen A. Smith stuff. I don't know anything about Adam Shine. Sheen, whatever. Sheen would make sense because him and Charlie probably partake in the same recreational activities based on this article. I don't know. But again, and and the comments to this were mostly like, well, duh, obviously Jordan Love's going to be stupid. Why are you so offended by this? Dustin agreed. Jeff agreed. Jason more or less agreed. It's just, I get that it's just uh, a media guy being a media guy, but it's just, I can't, listen to people say stupid stuff and not call it out. Again, I'm not saying he's going to be great. Why? Why? And he didn't even say, I'm going to say he's 32nd because I think he's going to be bad based on my analysis or whatever. He says the Packers instantly have the number 32 starting quarterback in football. Just, just automatically. And again, this is, this is so weird. He's a first round quarterback. No other first round quarterbacks ever, ever get this kind of hate. And, and I, I talked about um, Lamar Jackson, and after I already provided context about Lamar Jackson, I had somebody reach out after that podcast and say, what about Lamar Jackson? But the point is, Lamar Jackson didn't have this much disdain. He was It was split down the middle. Some people said he'll never be a good quarterback. He's just a running back. Some people said, no, he's going to be one of the greatest ever. It was like 50-50. Nobody, nobody is saying that Jordan Love is going to be great. I'm saying I hope he's great. I'm saying I really liked a lot of things that he did in college but I just, I just, I, I can't say I don't get it because obviously this is where everyone jumps in and say, well, they just want you to talk about it. And again, I'm going to. People act like I wish they would stop. And I, I don't really. I don't know why they do it. I would never do that because it's not worth a paycheck to me to make myself look like an idiot. You can provide good analysis and detailed analysis and still get a bunch of clicks. I mean, you, your article says... Um, Ranking the eight NFL divisions by quarterback West is best, East is least. There's your title. That's your clickbait. That's how you get people in. Now you can put whatever, whatever words you want in here. And you can actually make yourself sound smart while you're writing all this. I mean, there's, there's a lot of words in here. I would guess, I don't know, over a thousand. A lot of, lot of hours spent working on this. And you decided to say that if love takes the field, they're instantly the number 32 starting quarterback. It just doesn't make sense especially considering there was a quarterback by the name of Jalen Hurts who's considered like the worst pick the Eagles have ever made which I think is is a little silly but a hated pick who was not a good quarterback who was like one and four who was picked after Jordan Love not as talented as Jordan Love Jordan Love had a year to sit behind Aaron Rodgers while while Jalen Hurts is in a mess of a situation with a mess of a coach and a mess of a quarterback situation who does not have the weapons, who does not have the offensive line. He does have a decent one, but not as good. Does not have anything that Jordan Love has. But we know definitively he's going to be worse than Jalen Hurts. Why? Why does he get more hate than Jalen Hurts? He was drafted before Jalen Hurts had a year to sit behind Aaron Rodgers. I don't get it. The Carolina Panthers are going to be playing Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold wasn't even in the top 32 at quarter. He was somehow ranked 35th of all quarterbacks. He's going to Carolina, which is an absolute mess. And you know 100%. You already have the context that Darnold is trash. But you know Jordan Love is going to be worse. If he's just slightly below average, he's better than Darnold. I'm not even going into the fact that maybe he's better than just than Justin Fields. Forget that. Forget. Let's just assume Justin Fields is better. Fine, I don't care. He was drafted a couple picks earlier. And despite the fact that he doesn't have any experience, like Jordan Love kind of has, at least he's had a year in the NFL sitting and watching and learning, but forget that. I'm, let's not even talk about, fine, we just know Justin Fields is better. Fine, done. You know he's worse than than Locke? Do you know how bad Locke is? The guy's got Garrett Bowles blocking for him. He's got a decent offensive line. He's got Albert Ok, who was a very good tight end. He's got Noah Fant, who's talented. He's got Judy. He's got Sutton. He's got all of this talent around him, not to mention a really good running back group. And that offense was terrible, almost entirely because Locke is just straight up trash. But you know, Jordan Love is worse, hundred percent guaranteed to be thirty second. I'm just, I'm just saying, I don't understand that. You know that that and, and, and it's situation. How do you know Jared Goff isn't going to be worse in Detroit? Do you know who is De- Detroit's number one wide receiver right now? Who is it? Brashad Perriman? Who was, who was, I mean, granted, yeah, I was, I was high on Paramount. I wanted him here. He was ranked 92nd last year. That is a rough situation to be in. Hawkinson basically has to be the number one receiver out there. How about the Texans? I don't even know who their quarterback is going to be. Is it Jeff Driscoll, Tyrod Taylor, Davis Mills? Who's taking the, who's taking the reins out there? Tyrod Taylor was just as bad as the rest of the guys I've listed so far last year. 59 overall grade, the year before that was a 66, the year before that was a 47. Tyrod Taylor's been very bad for three straight years. The Colts are putting Carson Wentz on the field. You know, he was 65 last year. That was his grade. He was very, very bad. Tua's grade last year was a 65. Barely average. The freaking Saints have Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston. Taysom Hill and Jameis... Jameis Winston had a 43 overall grade last year. He is hot garbage. You can't even give him enough respect to say, I think he's going to be better than Taysom Hill. This is so just stupidly disrespectful to Jordan Love. I, listen, and, and, and again, it's like people are blinded by the fact, but it's going to be such a big drop off from Aaron Rodgers. That has nothing to do. We're not comparing him to, to Aaron Rodgers, you dummy. We're comparing him to Taysom Hill. Yes, it's a big drop off from Aaron Rodgers. Of course it is, but we're not measuring him to Aaron Rodgers if Aaron Rodgers leaves. Week one, we're comparing him to Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston, who graded out even worse. That is so unbelievably disrespectful. You know for sure he's going to be worse than Taysom Hill. What in the world are you talking about? Again, the Eagles, you got Joe Flacco and Jalen Hurts, 56 overall grade. You got a 56 for Nick Mullins and a 55 for Joe Flacco. That's the group they have to figure out over there. Jalen Hurts was terrible last year, playing on a terrible team, and was drafted after Jordan Love. And you know... Jordan Love's going to be 32nd. And again, this is why people in the Facebook group are like, dude, what's the big deal? It just is. It's stupid. It's not a reasonable take. Well, we don't know that he's going to be good. The reports were bad. So what? I'm not worried about training camp reports. We have actual data that says Jalen Hurts is hot garbage. We've got years of data that says we know that Andy Dalton is garbage. And that just completely leaves out all the other rookies that are coming into the NFL. And you know not all of them are going to be dominant. We can't talk about that yet because we have to pretend they're all going to be good. But here's the funny thing. Why do we have to pretend they're very good? Why do we have to pretend they're all very good? Because we just assume that rookies, when they come in, are going to be dominant until we actually watch them. We give them the benefit of the doubt. You know who doesn't get the benefit of the doubt? Jordan Love. I just, I know we've done this before. I know we've already done this. But it just... (sighs) Adam Schein is just a it's just it's just just a stupid sentence again Peyton Manning said they're going to fall off and yeah definitely right they're so close to winning a Super Bowl and if Rodgers leaves they're not so close to winning a Super Bowl yep totally reasonable take if he leaves they might not even make the playoffs yep totally reasonable take if he leaves Jordan Love is automatically the 32nd ranked quarterback in football stupid stupid sentence the odds of Jordan Love being as good as Aaron Rodgers or good enough to take him to the, to the playoffs or being the next in line are low. The odds of him being the 32nd-ranked quarterback are also low. That's not a reasonable take. That's a stupid take. That's idiotic. There's nothing rational here. And again, it just, it's, it's right in line with everything else, with, with Matt LaFleur and the whole group, where it's just like, I just, I just think he's trash. And it all ties into this weird Aaron Rodgers thing where he's so good, everyone around him has to be bad. And it's such a weird way of, th- it's not logical, it's not rational, but I guess you don't really become a journalist because you're rational. That's, it's a different part of the brain that works there. Good writers aren't necessarily good mathematicians or logicians. I'm, I'm, I'm learning that because they're, <laughs> they there almost seems to be an inverse relationship there. Anyways, we can end it, but why don't we go ahead and, um, there's one, nope, that's the wrong link. Sorry, right, I saved it on my phone. We'll end on a high note. Although I don't think anything I'm saying is, is negative. I'm, I'm angry talking about it, but it's, it's not negative. It's positive. Because Jordan Love is a Packer. If you find what I'm saying to be negative, then I, I, maybe maybe you're a Bears fan. I don't know. Should go get tested. I had this sent to me. Shout out to uh, Capasso80 on Instagram. I don't know who exactly posted it, but here we go. Packers realm. Since 2019, these dang, Instagram is so stupid. It keeps shrinking on me. I got to read it fast. Uh, Khalil Mack, 69 solo tackles. Zadarius, stupid Instagram. Can I freeze this? I can There we go. I got it. 69 compared to 76. And just so we're clear, it's not because Khalil Mack hasn't played as many games. 24 compared to 25. So it's one more game. Um, Quarterback hits, 27 compared to 60. Sacks, 17.5 compared to 26. Tackles for a loss, 19 compared to 29. Um, eight forced fumbles compared to Zedarius's five, so Khalil Mack wins that one. Um, again, games play 24 compared to 25. Now, I have yet to verify that, so why don't we go ahead and do it real quick before I kind of launch into this. So first of all, um, just this past year, um, they tied as far as pressures. They both had 59 pressures. Um, sacks, 10 for Khalil, 14 for Zadarius. These are PFF stats, by the way. This is where I'm getting them from. Hits, Khalil Mack had four, Zadarius had 14, so quite a bit more. Tackles, Khalil Mack 29, uh, Zadarius 31. Missed tackles, Zadarius 6, Khalil Mack 4. So Zadarius wins or loses that one, but not by much. It's a small number. Stops, which again, negative plays for the offense. Khalil Mack 33, Zadarius 38. Now remember, this is Zedarius's down year. Now technically it was Khalil's also, but this is Zadarius' down year. Forced fumbles, um, Khalil Mack 3, Zadarius 4. If we go back to 2019, Khalil Mack 70 pressures, Zedarius Smith 105. Sacks, Khalil Mack 9, Zedarius 18. If we look at uh, hits, 7 compared to 24. Tackles, uh, 34 tackles compared to 34 tackles. It's a tie. Missed tackles, Khalil Mack 11, Zadarius 9. So he actually had less last year. Stops, Khalil Mack 34, Zadarius 40. Forced fumbles, Khalil Mack 4, Zadarius 1. So the the biggest, so not only is it awesome that Zadarius Smith has outpaced Khalil Mack over the last two years um, in just about every category, but the the reason why I, I think that this is especially interesting to me is the simple fact. And I just heard this recently. I was listening to, I think it was the CBS podcast. I forget what it's called. But they were talking about Jordan Love, so I wanted to listen to it. I honestly don't even remember what they ended up saying because I was distracted. We were on the car ride and my wife was talking to me, so I couldn't really listen. But um, in fact, it might even be paused on the part where they were talking about it because I just decided to give up on it. But um, they had mentioned how the Khalil Mack thing, at this point, it's pretty obvious that the Bears won that trade. And I said, "Why, why is that obvious at this point? It's it's so funny to me because most people just look at it and say they look at it through the lens of who cares about draft picks. They 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 don't know what they can't see. You can't see what they lost. So as long as Khalil Mack plays and is a good player, which he has been, he's been a good player. He's graded out phenomenally. He is a he's a fo- absolute force. I'm not doubting that he's a good player. I'm not saying that he's not a good player. But nobody looks at the value. Look at the price. Look at what his salary cap hit is. Look at what they had to give up in terms of draft capital. You're telling me that Khalil Mack was obviously worth it, was he? If if that was an obvious win, then what is Zadarius Smith, who's making a fraction of the amount of money and cost nothing? They didn't have to give up a single pick. He was a free agent. Why is it just a given that Khalil Mack was the right decision when they could have gotten that level of production from other players for a lot less? They didn't have to give away multiple first-round picks as well as, what I mean, what are we talking about salary cap-wise here? Average salary, $23.5 million. Um, salary cap, it actually goes down for some random reason this year. It was $26.5 million last year. There's a weird dip. I, maybe it's, uh, I'm guessing it was some kind of a restructuring this year to save some money because they continue to push money out, which just means it's going to go up from now on, which means they got some decisions to make. It's only 14.6, which is great. It goes up to $30 million next year, meaning they're getting into, we might need to get rid of them territory. They can't get rid of them this year because it's $38.4 million, right? A lot of dead cap hit because they pushed a lot of money out. But even next year, $30 million and they can't get rid of them. Why? $24 million cap hit. In 2023, when he's 32 years old, you're looking at a $28.5 million cap hit, only $11.6 million in dead money. Meaning in 2023, you're looking at possibly getting rid of Khalil Mack, especially if his production stays at this level. Again, Bears fans, listen to me, very good football player. Your team is a lot better with Khalil Mack than without him. But it's just, it's silly that the way that he's judged is, um, was it a good trade? I don't know. Is he really good? Then it was a good trade. In other words, there's no... They could have been paying him $40 million a year and given up seven first-round picks, and it doesn't matter because it's like, oh, yeah, but was it a good trade? Well, I don't know. Uh, who is it? Khalil Mack. Oh, he's so good, right? Oh, yeah, he's real good. Well, then, yeah, they totally won that trade. At what point do we assess value? He's had 19 sacks in two years. That's not that impressive. His pressure weight rate was 11%. That's that's like Kenny Clark level, which, you know, again, Kenny Clark has been... Eh, right, I, I had said Kenny Clark and... um Mike Daniels they were in like that 12 13% pressure rate that's good you you pay that much for Khalil Mack you want him in that 15 16 17% Aaron Donald range that's what you expect from him right? the year before he got traded to Chicago from Las Vegas he had 98 pressures which by the way again Zadarius uh had 105 Khalil's never had that he had 98 was his highest in 2016 but 98 pressures 11 sacks, 11 hits, and 76 hurries. He's always a hurry monster. He gets tons of hurries. Not a lot of sacks or hits necessarily. His highest, well, his highest was 16. I sh- should point that out. But And again, he's a fantastic football player and an, an underrated run defender is, is the other part of his game. He's a very good pass rusher, but he's he's almost as good, if not better, against the run. So he's a very well-rounded guy, just a dominant force off the edge. But just just the complete lack of ability to look at it and say I don't know if you needed to go this route. you know you can get similar production Again, just just look at Zadarius as a benchmark. If you can get that level of production from Zedarius Smith, then what is the level of production you should be getting from Khalil Mack when you factor in the extra amount of money and the draft picks? It's more than what they're getting. And if we're not going to say that and say well then that's unfair because Zadarius is such a good pick, then why does Gudakun get no credit for it? Why is Gutekunst considered a schlub? Why are we still talking about how he doesn't do enough for the Green Bay Packers? Because we should be looking at that as one of the greatest pickups in free agency in the last 10 years. Picked up off the street. Was not at all considered one of the top prospects, but he was paid like one of the top prospects. He had everybody, myself included, kind of looking at that sideways going, really? Who? That like rotational guy who's getting a fraction of the snaps over in Baltimore? He's like the number three or four pass rusher who kind of comes in occasionally, you're going to pay him top pass rusher money, and he comes in and he dominates. And again, on a quote-unquote down year, those are my words, but on a down year, he had 14 sacks. He's outpaced Khalil Mack both years that he's been in Green Bay. He's not, he's not as good of a run defender, but let's, let's be completely honest about it. Khalil Mack was not given what he was given to be a run defender. He was given what he was given because he's the best pass rusher in football, and that's not what he's been. He's not been as good as a lot of guys, including Zadarius Smith including, you know, the the guy out in Tampa who got paid a fraction of the amount of money. Shaquille Barrett, which, by the way, another guy that I was saying the Packers should go get. Um, TJ Watt, Emmanuel Agba. Miami acquired Emmanuel Agba for a fraction of the price, and they got 66 pressures and 10 sacks out of him. right? This is what you get picking up guys off the street. Detroit got 61 pressures and 10 sacks out of Romeo Okwara. So, you know, again, is Khalil Mack a dominant force? Yes. Should the Bears be extremely excited about having Khalil Mack? Yes. Should we just automatically write this off as that was a fantastic trade for the Bears? No, I don't think it was. Again, you can get that level of production for a fraction of the cost and having given up no pick. And again, nobody wants to acknowledge that the Bears are lacking. In t- they are mi- how many missed opportunities? are they going to have because they keep giving away draft picks? I think the Bears were very, very close and on the precipice of of possibly being perennial playoff team and, and getting back-to-back playoff berths and potential Super Bowl runs. But they lost that not because they missed on quarterback, although that is part of it, but because the team has completely imploded in on itself. They're losing, purging talent left and right and are not replacing it and can't replace it because they've got got no picks largely because of Khalil Mack, but not just him. You got Allen Robinson that you went out and bought. You traded up and gave away all your picks now for Justin Fields and the tackle that you got in the second round. And so you're you're continuing this trend of just trying to get that one guy. And it's not, football isn't just about one guy. This isn't basketball. You can't just get one guy or go out and pay for, you know, give everything up for three guys. We got Fields. We got a tackle. We got Khalil. We're set that isn't how this works, man. You got to build a team. So, you know, all the respect in the world to Khalil for being one of the most dominant forces in football. But was that a good trade? Was it worth the value that they gave up? I don't know that it was. And a lot of people disagree. The people that say you should just trade everything away for like one guy. They love that Khalil Mack trade. They wish the Packers would do that more often. But I think at the end of the day, what you end up with is one valiant swing and your team starts to collapse and it's real hard to repair because you got no tools to fix it. You got no money, you got no draft capital. You can't rebuild this team and you're going to watch it erode and it it gets real ugly because it takes a long time to rebuild an entire roster. It takes years to rebuild an entire roster and they're going to be real close to needing to rebuild an entire roster. Now, if Justin Fields takes off, just like we see in Seattle, like I think we're about to see in Kansas City, You can watch a guy really drag a team. You saw it in Green Bay for a while when the roster started to really start to break down. Aaron Rodgers dragged this thing, but that's not what you want because at the end of the day, dragging a team means you probably get into the playoffs, but you're not going to win Super Bowls. So um, kudos to Brian Gutekunst for having the foresight um, to go out and get Zadarius Smith. That was brilliant. Um, Kudos for failing to get Khalil because I know they tried but failed. Thank you to Ryan Pace for uh, apparently offering more. Thank you to the Raiders for not accepting that trade because we ended up getting Zadarius for a fraction and he's been better. Anyways, I got to get going to bed. You folks have yourselves a fantastic day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.